Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. Be sure to check out the booklet, Cost of Revival, by Rob Linstead. This booklet shows that if God would send revival when Elijah stood completely alone, he can use you. Cost of Revival by Rob Linstead is available right now for a gift of only $5 or more. Order your copy by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. The Apostle Paul was a rather formidable person. Once he got his life pointed in the right direction after meeting Jesus while he was persecuting his followers, he was unshakable in his service to the Lord. It's hard to imagine anyone in history since Paul who has had a more fruitful ministry, especially considering that he was presenting something totally new and foreign to his hearers. Athens, Greece is one of those places on the must-visit list. With the Parthenon, the Acropolis, and so much ancient history, it has become iconic for a traveler or lover of antiquities. Back in the days of Athens' glory entered Paul, the great missionary statesman of the first century. He took the obligatory guided tour and discovered the city was wholly given to idolatry find that in Acts 17:16, When he spoke to the religious and city elite, they thought he had brought some strange doctrine to offer them. The news of Christ and his resurrection from the dead was foreign to the Athenians, and the concept that all men could have eternal life was truly a new idea to them. Long before the advent of talk radio, the people of Athens had turned talk, for talk's sake, into an art form. So they asked Paul to tell them more. On Mars Hill, the meeting place and center of their pagan worship for philosophers and teachers, Paul couldn't help seeing the altars to their many gods. But for Paul, the one that stood out from the rest was the one with the inscription, To the Unknown God. The people of Athens wanted to be sure they didn't forget anyone or offend some god they hadn't heard of before. So this altar was erected and doubtlessly venerated by many, just to be sure they had their bases fully covered. Pointing to that altar, Paul said, Let me tell you about him. When he preached Christ to them and got to the part about his rising from the grave, victorious over death, something happened that happens even today. Many men educated in the wisdom of the world find it easier to turn their backs on God's Word at this point in the Bible account than to continue the discussion or investigation into the truth of the Bible. In 1 Corinthians 1, 18-25, Paul laid out the case against the educated mind that insists on seeing everything with the eye or touching it with the hand. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. 
For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So many people today, as then, are educated too much. They can accept nothing by faith. Back in Athens, Paul's preaching earned mixed reviews. Some scoffed at him for talking about something so ridiculous as someone arising from the dead, but others decided to hear him again at a later date. There was a third group. These are they who accepted the message Paul preached and put their trust in Christ. Most likely in numbers, they were a smaller group than the other two, but on that day, their names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Very soon after this, Paul left for Corinth, those who rejected Paul's message were not affected by his departure. They didn't care. If those who postponed making their decision ever thought of Paul again and wanted to know more, it was too late. He was gone. This is a perfect picture of people who surround us in the world today. Some scoff and walk away. Others scratch their heads and say, that's interesting. Let me think about it. While others simply say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, the imploring evangelist Paul said, We then beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored or helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The likelihood is strong that those who scoffed and those who postponed accepting God's offer of grace are now awaiting final sentencing, are now awaiting final sentencing to a hopeless eternity in the lake of fire. God offers opportunity, but he may not offer it more than once. It is a limited time offer. If you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior from your sins, don't delay. He died not because he had sinned or broken the law. It was just the opposite. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened, made alive again, by the Spirit. 1 Peter 3.18 He died for you. Accept his gift of salvation today while you still have time to do it. In the Beacon's Light is a production of Beacon Street Media. Feel free to contact us at www.swrc.com. 
This is Jerry Tyson reminding you that when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins.